0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: Not sure we needed to relive that. What you said—it was an "Always Sunny in Philadelphia" nod. That's what—that's what got me tripped up because wow. there are cheating scandals in poker and chess using buzzers, but the "Always Sunny in Philadelphia" episode took it a step further to what is, I had referenced there. By the it so way, great show.
2: Does. I love Dennis Reynolds.
1: It's that's just an my, incredible. Is that's he my, your favorite character on the show? Yes,
2: yes. He, my favorite TikTok like rabbit hole is just best of Dennis Reynolds. And it's just amazing.
1: The Dennis I'm system. A, <laughs> I'm untethered when my rage knows no bounds. <laughs> oh man. Randy Scott, Joe Fortenbaugh, Carlin versus Joe, presented by Progressive Insurance. Welcome to ESPN Radio. Little breaking news for the people.
0: Carlin versus Joe. Breaking news.
1: From, and this is the serious breaking news, by the way. Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN NBA reporter, Golden State's Draymond Green, who has been on an indefinite league suspension since December 13th, expected to return to the Warriors facility in the coming days to start ramping up to resume play again, according to sources. Green is going to miss his 11th game tonight. Warriors are hosting the Nuggets. Big matchup there. Nuggets laying about two and a half on the road, rested in that game. Conversation still ongoing about when he will return from the suspension, according to sources. His return getting much closer, though. So to take you through it, in the next few days, he will return to the facility. Mm -hmm. They will ramp him up a little bit, see where everybody's at, and then eventually have a conversation about when he's going to return to action.
2: You said he's going to miss his 10th game. Uh, t- tonight. I think it's the eleventh game
1: tonight. Was it number eleven? Eleventh Eleventh total on the season, or eleventh since he's been away from the team? Because he also had the five game suspension at the B earlier in the season, okay. which we can't forget so
2: of this most recent stretch. Because the incident was in Phoenix, yes, on the twelfth. So then he missed starting December fourteenth. Okay, so they're six and four without him. Okay, okay, it's not. It's not as though they've caught fire on without him stretch. on this stretch. On this stretch, yes, because there was w- the other suspension since the most recent A lot suspension. Going on with him. He is he the Harbaugh of the NBA or is Harbaugh <laughs> the Draymond of the uh, of college football? <laughs> Both no. Michigan guys. Just oh, Sparty on. Okay, so Michigan state though so state of Michigan is Mitten what I was getting at. State, state of Michigan, Mitten State uh, is what we're saying. So it's not as though this team has caught fire. It's not as though this team has even looked all that more functional. Um, much more functional offensively without him. He's their, he, I mean, he calls himself their heartbeat. And and Steph does nothing to uh, dissuade us from believing that he's anything less than that, that Draymond is anything less than that. Like, I think they're better with him. I think he has shown very little ability to adapt or learn from or change or whatever from his previous behavior because so much of what has made him into a nine-figure contract guy, is playing on the edge. Uh, He's just fallen off that edge, the wrong side of it, so much recently.
1: You hope whatever it is, it's been figured out in a positive way. Just, there's obvious, it seems, I shouldn't say it's obvious, it seems as if everyone's alluding to the fact that something's going on in his personal life that may be contributing to the behavior, and then as a result, take some time away, figure that stuff out, come back, and we'll take it from there. Hopefully, You know, that time away has done good for everybody involved in everything because you would like to see him resume. The playoffs, I think, are a lot better when you have the Warriors around. You don't have to like the Warriors, but you want to see Steph Curry in the playoffs. Like, that's the whole point of this thing get the superstars into the biggest, most meaningful games and then watch them cook. That's what was so awesome about that King series last year. Steph going for a 50 burger in game seven to let Sacramento know, hey, little brother, you're getting better and you're growing up, but you're not there yet. Enjoy your offseason. Like they're going to need him if yeah. they're going to do any of that. And, you know, you hope it's figured out, but who knows? Colin versus Joe presented by Progressive Insurance. Get a business insurance quote online in as little as six minutes. Visit progressivecommercial.com. Randy Scott, help me out with something. A couple weeks ago, not even, we watched the Baltimore Ravens go to San Francisco and annihilate the Niners on their home turf. They then came back on short rest because that game was on a Monday, and they annihilated, speaking of 50-burgers, the Miami Dolphins. And yet, the San Francisco 49ers are the favorite to win the Super Bowl. It's close. Still? Yeah. Niners are still your favorite, plus 225, Ravens plus 325. And I'm wondering when you look at the two, both have already locked up the one seed, more flawed between the two teams because we kicked this around this morning before we brought you into the mix. You were very busy and we actually <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be unanimous and it was not when we pitched the idea like which of the two is more flawed. I thought everyone's going to say the same thing and it wasn't even close. Who do you think's more flawed?
2: Oh, that's such a it's such a negative way of looking at it and I love it. Yeah, it's I love it. Video, it's not maybe. it's well, it's not <laughs> Who's better? It's not it's better.
1: It's like mm, who's worse? Um, who is going to flame out and we're going to talk about him for weeks. I don't
2: I'm not of the mindset that the Ravens broke the Niners. I'm not. I think it's a heck of a win. I think if you look at, and it's not college football, but if you apply a college football lens to the Ravens, they have the most impressive resume yeah. of anybody in all 32 teams. Let's very not, impressive. Yeah, break it down. In a very difficult division. Well, in this win streak of theirs, they've beaten teams that are playoff teams. Save for the Bengals. Bengals still in the in the discussion, I guess. But, I mean, it starts with Cincinnati and it ends with Miami. These are impressive wins, and a couple of them coming, uh, coming on the road. So um, I don't want to say the Ravens. Uh, I don't want to say the Niners but I man it, uh, is Look it at Baltimore you. is it Baltimore? I think it's Baltimore off, I think it's Baltimore because I don't know that Baltimore is this good offensively. Mm. I think defensively they're consistent. I think they're maddening. I think they're a great matchup for what San Francisco tries to do offensively, but I think eventually the bill that comes due with losing Mark Andrews and losing Mitchell out of the out of the backfield and you know obviously uh uh Dobbins before him but you know what I mean like they are they are so thin at the running back position and so much of what they do is set up by the ground game um I don't know that that they are I don't even want to say they're deficient offensively because they're fine but they're 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 worse offensively than San Francisco is and I would argue their defenses are uh similar so so yeah that's my answer sorry Baltimore Baltimore's worse but
1: Baltimore's got some some yeah I can see that well, What's your answer? So the, I want to clarify one thing first. Niners are plus 225 to win the Super Bowl. Ravens plus 325. It's very close. Some might be thinking, you know, if the Ravens just annihilated them and then beat Miami, like why would the Niners be the favorite? It's because the Niners have the perceived easier path. The NFC not as daunting for them to get through as perhaps what Baltimore will have to go through in the AFC. That's one reason to factor that in. So it's not necessarily a knock on the Ravens. It's just the system as a whole when trying to compute percentages and likelihoods and Mm -hmm. outcomes and all that. Mm -hmm. I thought it was Baltimore because the thing with me and the Ravens has always been this. I've always equated them to the 76ers you can put together tremendous regular seasons. You can win MVP awards. You can put up flashy stats. Yeah. Everyone can love you. And then you go to the playoffs, and you wash out well before you should. Lamar's 1-3 and three in the postseason, remember. Now, Ian pointed out yesterday, we can't put that all on him. It's on everybody. But at some point, if you're a guy who, right now, he's minus 10,000 to win the MVP, which basically tells you it's been decided. Wow. If he goes out and wins his second MVP award, this talk of, like, is he already a Hall of Famer has started You can't be one in three in the playoffs like at some point. I'm not saying you need five Super Bowls, but at some point you got to make a little bit of a run here. Got to play
2: play in a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. We got to
1: see you get to the AFC championship game. And if that happens, it's like, all right, it's it's he can win in the playoffs. He's fine. It just took a little while. But you go out there and you host in the divisional round and you guys stumble and you get caught because there's a turnover here and a bad call there. And all of a sudden you're out. At some point, like we're going to start asking those questions because it's one thing to be built to run through the regular season. It's different to be built to win in the playoffs. You see it in every single sport, especially baseball. It's never about the best team in baseball. It's about the hottest team in baseball. The problem with the Niners is that if they're not blowing you out, it seems like they have no idea what the hell to do. Have you ever noticed that with them? Like They can hammer teams into oblivion, but when they find themselves trailing, they're totally off schedule. They they have yeah. no idea how to operate. They now have to lean on a quarterback who the defense knows is going to throw the ball. So as a result, they can sit back in coverages and they can make that quarterback look ordinary.
2: Right. And I, and I, I don't know that the list is very long of quarterbacks who can succeed in those circumstances. I feel like Josh Allen Correct. is one. I think Joe Burrow is one. I don't even think Lamar is one of those quarterbacks necessarily either. I think both of these teams rely on balance. They rely on the ground game, as we've said, to... To set up what they try to do, uh, and give you something to worry about and something to respect as a defense to try to set up what they do through the air. Um, here's what. Thank you for asking. Here's what the <laughs> NFL <laughs> was telling like Dennis Reynolds. and it, Was there a war going on? Uh, but but here's here's what uh, the NFL has to do with with tennis right now, specifically as it pertains to the AFC. So Lamar is, and I, I'm using this Djokovic and and Nadal and uh, and Feder logjam. Who's the Andy Murray? Like who's who's the guy who in a different era would have been the guy, ah. but came up at the wrong time. And to me, is it Lamar? Is it maybe 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 it's Justin Herbert? So then, which one which one is Lamar? Say it again, Evan. No, okay. So it's a joke. He's got some funny. Go ahead and Say
1: it. I'd
3: like to hear Throw it. Throw it out there. Zach
2: Wilson. Oh, Zach man. Wilson. Zach Wilson's. Uh, what era? I mean... What era do things work out for that guy? Yeah, that's fair. Wooden rackets? <laughs> Maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, so, Lamar is is... Is Lamar... Is Lamar fed? Does he eventually get twenty t- twenty, you know, titles? Is he is he Djokovic? Does he break the all time titles record? Is he Nadal who's only good on one surface? Which would be like what? Not only good at one surface, but you, you, you know say what I mean? Those are there. fighting words. I think there's something he's really, there really good on the because, one surface. <laughs> because right now Lamar's not even Andy Murray, because he's never won he's a title, to- he's never b- b- even been an AFC championship. That's game.
1: why I think the Niner Raven conversation is so compelling because Shanahan, like if not now, when? Dude, yeah. if not now, when? I understand what happened. Atlanta, New England. People put it on you. It's not all on you. But like that, they he 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 a, a abandoned running the ball late against yeah. the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Blew that one. He's he's gotta close it out at some point. His team is loaded. Like, if not now, when? Same thing, yeah. That'll get you. Same thing with um with Lamar. Like, if not now, when, man? Like this is the year to at least make a run. But
2: there's still an excuse. There's still an excuse. His number one receiving option, his blanket, his security blanket, Mark Andrews is out for the season. Their best, most explosive running back, out for the season. Like there are still excuses there. I don't see excuses for Brock Purdy, but the cupboard is stocked. Got everything
1: you need. Cupboard is stocked. How many quarterbacks, speaking of Purdy and Lamar, are playing their final game with their current team on Sunday? I think the answer could surprise some people. He's Randy Scott. I'm Joe Formball. That's next. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio.
0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
4: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive cash With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Robert Half Research
1: indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
0: On Carlin versus Joe, we try to make questions as simple as possible. Do we look
2: stupid
1: or something?
0: Because it really comes down to one thing in sports. Are you good?
1: Intelligence isn't a word we throw around a lot on this show unless it's immediately preceded by the word low or lacking. Joe Fordball, Randy Scott, Carlin vs. Joe, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. So here's how this works if you've never played this before. Our producer, Evan Wilner is going to come on to the show. He's going to host this segment. He's just going to basically present you with a question. Are you good? And the category today, Evan, is what? Are you good enough to be your team's quarterback next year? Okay. Okay. So you're going to be given quarterbacks who are starting for teams around the NFL right now. Are they good enough to be the starter next season? Evan, take it away. Let's start with Jordan Love of the Green
3: Bay Packers. Randy?
2: Yes, you're good enough. Oh my gosh, you're good enough. Yeah, you've won with what Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Randy's like, is this game a trick? Couldn't work with. <laughs> well, it feels like it feels like I'm about to win like one or two games of pool, and then you're gonna be like, hey, why don't we play for money? And then you pull <laughs> out a you pull out a pool cue that comes in your at home travel case. No, Jordan Love <laughs> is succeeding with the things that drove Aaron Rodgers out of town. Uh, flirting with four thousand yards, thirty touchdowns, as you said, Joe. The incentives are there both financially and and otherwise to get this team to the postseason. Yeah, no, Jordan Love is good.
1: Yeah, not a lot to add there. They've been grooming him for a while. He's had a very solid season, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Even if they don't make the playoffs, this year has been a success. He's working with the youngest wide receiving unit in the NFL. You see this through. He is good enough to start for the Packers next year.
3: Baker Mayfield of the Bucs, good enough to be the starter next year.
1: That's a tough one. That's a real tough one because I feel like we've seen Mayfield, not feel feel like, I know we've seen Mayfield in Cleveland. We've seen him in Carolina. We've seen him in L.A. We've seen him in Tampa. Mayfield strikes me as one of two options, a career backup or a placeholder for another guy who's going to come in and start. He's got plenty of weapons with him this year, and they've been good, but not great. So, no, I don't think he's good enough to be their starter next year. I think long-term, they should be thinking for, about someone else. I think short-term. Like,
2: your your window is what it is with Mike Evans. Your window is what it is with Chris Godwin. And I, my understanding is Evans might be on the trading block, uh, might be available, we'll say, this offseason. So, maybe that answers your question, but I think what Mayfield's done as the season has gone on, and got, got a better understanding of the offense, and Everything else, finally using Chris Godwin. He was largely MIA for a chunk of this season. Uh, no, I think he's. Your, I think he is good to be your guy next year, but if we're talking long-term, I'm with Joe.
3: Joe Flacco, the Browns, good enough to be the starter wow. next year.
2: See, now is where it gets interesting, Randolph. <clears throat> he turns 39 in a couple of weeks. Um no. So
1: much money for Watson
2: to bet to be on the bench behind Flacco. Who was the guard behind Jeremy Lin in New York? That's who Deshaun Watson is. And I think that's what Joe Flacco is. I think this is I should have come more prepared with an alliterative pun here. It's not Lin Sanity. (laughs) It's it's, you know, Joe January. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But like, I think it's enjoy it for what it is. Joe's not here for a long time. He's here for a good time. I think is my answer. So no, no is my answer. They've
1: got big questions that they're going to need to answer in Cleveland this offseason. If a guy can come off the couch after Thanksgiving and play like this in an offense that Watson didn't have. Watson's offense was much healthier. Watson's offense had more offensive linemen. It had Nick Chubb, and that dude couldn't do anything. Meanwhile, Flacco has stepped in with lesser artillery and done far more. Is he good enough to be their QB next year? Yeah, he is good enough to be the QB next year. Will he is the real question.
3: Kenny Pickett staying in that division in Pittsburgh is Kenny Pickett good enough to be the Steelers' quarterback next year?
2: No, he's not. He's not. And I I, I don't know what the answer is because they're going to be drafting in purgatory, right? I don't know that you know they don't they don't make the they don't make the playoffs. They draft in the high teens, mid teens, whatever it is. Um, I don't even know if they traded away their first overall pick I, or first round pick. I, I doubt that. Um, you know they're not the Panthers, so. Uh, no, I, I I don't think he is. Uh, I know that there's talent there, obviously with George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, Firemouth and everybody else. But no, the answer is no. You've seen enough.
1: Mason Rudolph needs to bomb out this weekend because Mason Rudolph is making Kenny Pickett look bad. All the blame was on Matt Canada, the former offensive coordinator. Like, around. everyone got a free pass, and then they fired Canada. Pickett still struggled. We blame the wide receivers. Then Pickett went down with an injury, and Rudolph's played well, and it's like... Dude, we're out of excuses. It looks like you're the common denominator, not Canada, not the wide receiver. So, no, I don't think Kenny Pickett's good enough to be the starter next year.
3: You know Smith in Seattle, good enough to be the starter next year, Randy? Yes. 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 The
2: answer is not Drew Locke. I think Drew Locke is a guy that's easy to root for. I think Gino and his relationship is is legit. I, I think it's competitive, but in a healthy way. Uh, uh, maybe an anti Aaron Rodgers Jordan Love relationship. I don't know, but um, but no, he is he is absolutely uh, good enough. And I think we've seen Jackson Smith and Jigba just excel and take off this year. I would love to see. Tyler Lockett be the old head, DK Metcalf be the absolute stud, and uh, and JSN be this ascending talent, and I think Gino deserves to be at the helm of that next year.
1: Yeah, I yeah, but I mean they're they're you use the word purgatory for like the. Pittsburgh draft position. I don't know if they're going to be able to find someone better, but at some point, they need a long-term plan. Last year, those numbers were incredible. They're all falling off. 69% completions down to 65. Yardage has dropped off. 30 touchdowns, 11 INTs last year, 18-9 to this year. He's been hurt.
2: He's missed some time. He's
1: been hurt. He's, he's good enough, yes, but Seattle needs to start thinking big picture. They can still get in the playoffs. Yeah, they're still there. It, They've we, been good. We both say the Bears are frisky. If the Bears beat the Packers and the Seahawks win, the Seahawks are into the postseason. I'm just, Seahawks needing someone else to help them out. True. Unlike last year. The irony of it coming full circle. True. Russell Wilson might
3: be available if they need a quarterback. This oh, offseason. that's Stop a one. And
2: bite your
1: tongue.
3: I'd like to see that
2: reunion. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Severely Limited.
3: <laughs> uh, I think I know the answer, but I'll ask it anyway. Jared Goff, good enough to be the Lions quarterback next year. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're moving on from him, what are you getting that's going to be a dramatic step forward? Because we don't want, like, a very small step forward where you can say at the end of the season, well, his quarterback rating was a third of a point higher. You need someone who's dramatically better. Who's dramatically better than what he's done? I haven't seen anyone. It's going to be fascinating, though, when he loses that offensive coordinator because we know he can't play outdoors. Her- he's, yeah,
2: his, his home road splits are insane. Indoor, outdoor,
3: crazy
1: splits. Especially bad weather. You don't want him in bad weather. Her cousins.
3: Well, is he good enough to be the starter of the Vikings next year? He looked good on Sunday Night Football.
1: Yes. Yeah, he's pretty jacked up up. for a guy who can't move around a whole lot due to the leg injury.
3: Yeah,
2: but like... It's like immobility jacked up. It's he sort can still of like the bench. Yeah, yeah it's pr- it's bench. like prison jacked up. Like you your mobility is only so it's only so limited, you're gonna throw around some weights. Kirk um, Cousins
1: prison jacked up. Can you up.
2: imagine Kirk Cousins in prison? Can you imagine?
1: I could see him rallying all of like Cell Block C and yeah. they just become the nicest, most well adjusted people ever. It's like oh. what the hell is going on in Cell Block C? <laughs> Kirk Cousins is in there. I mean I he's could, just rallying everybody. I,
2: like Cousins the only thing he gets at the commissary is just a felt tip marker, because he's <laughs> draws on his <laughs> tattoos like he doesn't get actual tattoos he just draws them on and has to keep stenciling them in so yes the answer is he's good enough absolutely Glad we
1: answered that question because I, I want to know who else is going to be in the cousin's market he's a free agent is he not
2: Contract's uh, yeah, up. Yeah. Pittsburgh yeah.
1: should be looking at him. But he's good enough. Absolutely Atlanta should good enough. be looking at him.
2: And if you're, really, if you're the Vikings, you're terrified because Jalen Duran's not the guy. Uh, who's um, Nick, Nick Mullins, not the guy. Jalen Hall. Who did I see? Jalen <laughs> Duran. The Jesus. basketball the player? Is? Listen, Jalen Duran, the basketball player, not the guy at
1: quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Look, Doug Shula. I think we'd all agree. Doug Shula had a great run with the Miami Dolphins, but yeah. it's over now. All right? We're moving on from Doug Shula. Dennis Shula. No, go ahead. <laughs> I think it's Jaren Hall. Like, I think you got both names wrong. Sure. Probably. <laughs> Let's keep the hey, line hey, If moving. you're going to go
3: in, go all the way in. Let-
1: yeah, they know who we need.
3: Last one, Justin Fields. Good enough to be the Bears quarterback next year. Nope.
1: No. No. It's got to be. They would have already. If he's your guy, you would have decided. You're, if, if, if Caleb Williams is generational and you pass on generational. Just resign yourself and go play in the XFL or whatever it is now. Because I know they're merging. Just get out of here. Get out of here. If, if, if Caleb Williams is generational, you don't pass on generational unless you have generational. Like if the Bills were drafting first overall, you're not going to move on from Josh Allen. You don't move on from Patrick Mahomes. Justin Fields hasn't done enough to warrant you passing on generational.
2: The question is, is he good enough? Yeah. And the answer is Yes. Is it the right decision Stupid. Segment. is a different question, but is he good enough? Yeah, because I think this Justin Fields you've seen for the last month is sustainable, but if you want to go high ceiling in the unknown, I get it.
1: Randy Scott, Joe Forenball, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. The one mistake the Bears continue to make year after year after year. That's it through this from Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and the experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by.
0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. I see it as
1: progress. You know, when you're the winning quarterback on the winning team, that's always good, right? He's been part of that. I certainly do see progress. The thing with the Bears is they have done everything to screw this kid up from the beginning. What did you expect? You've done such a poor job of understanding whether or not he's the guy because you did so little to put him in a position where he could give you a proper evaluation moving forward. Why wouldn't you stay where you are
4: and take Jaden Daniels and put good pieces around him and give him excellent coaching? I would not trade three number one picks for anyone.
1: Nice work, hand man. What's with the queen? You a fan? Caught like off him. guard by the yeah, idea yeah. of coming on the air? Well,
2: <laughs> I was uh, still in the mode of recording something during the break. But yeah, no, big radio, Gaga, queen guy, yeah.
1: There we go. Who would have thought? 5. I never- G- GTA GTA 5? <laughs> Is that where you got it from? You got right, it from GTA that, that's, they, that's when, hey. they, for
2: me, gained prominence. For me, break free by queen. Okay. I got that from a, a Coke commercial. There you go. See? It, and, and it's and it's, it's some of my workout playlist. I'm gonna go over to my shift at the uh, well, dishwashing center where I stack the plates. I'm gonna go over to the gym. <laughs> <You> got the <laughs> uh, white to tank queen. top. Everybody's gonna be like, "Man, he's throwing around. So he's clanging and
1: banging. What's he listening to?" And <laughs> upstairs, it's like, "Want to break free?" <laughs> <laughs> that is Randy Scott. I'm Joe Fortenbaugh. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Thank you for taking some of the time to hang out with us today. We are grinding the century. and Shawfley from the bunker right now. Maybe it's just us. Maybe it's just us grinding these events. Uh, I thought we had a little college basketball action today as well, which we passed on because we're going to try to stay diligent and responsible. Speaking of diligent and responsible, the Chicago Bears, they've got some decisions to make this offseason. You may have heard everyone's talking about it. We're trying to sort through the process here because you'll hear this time and time again, especially with the new year. Right? Everybody wants to improve with their resolutions. How do we lose weight? How do we get a promotion? How do we become better family people? whatever it may be, right? And you'll hear someone, some guru on Instagram, it's about the process, not the result. <laughs> get the process right, and the result will follow. Yeah, that's often right. The Bears, however, the problem is they can't get the process right, and they sure as hell can't get the result right. Dan Graziano, our very own, wrote for espn.com. Quote, I'm of course watching Chicago too, as we all have been all season. But the way the Bears have played down the stretch has a lot of people around the league starting to thank head coach Matt Eberfluss might end up staying. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Courtney Cronin, who covers the Bears for us as well, does a hell of a job. She had a piece recently on the Bears situation, quote, after the NFL combine in March, let me repeat that, after the NFL combine in March, the Bears should have a clear idea on the direction of their quarterback room. Within this context, it's notable that the Panthers deal was made on March 10th. That's the Panthers deal from last year when they were willing, willing and dealing to give up the number one pick so the Panthers could go up and get Bryce Young. What do you make of this? Do you think the Bears I'm going to start very general here. Present the image of an operation that is going to go about this decision on Justin Fields and Matt Eberflus the right way.
2: Also, no. are you okay? You look like you're choking a little no, bit. No, I, I was thinking about it and I was uh you know I was I was blocking down a burp there. Um, <laughs> so so no, I, I I don't think they have given you if you're a Bears fan, they've given you no confidence that they will handle this the right way. However broadly or narrowly you want to define that. Like,
1: if you're a Bears fan, you're like, we're going to screw this up.
2: Exactly. Yeah, you've, you, just, you don't have any faith. Because, I mean, it was Evan who brought up the, the sort of chain of custody with regard to this number 1 pick, right? Or a first-round pick or a quarterback pick or whatever it is. He said, John Fox drafted Mitch Trubisky, and then he's out. And then in comes, uh, not Eberflus, but Nagy. Nagy. Nagy comes in and has to inherit... Trubisky, and then says, no, I'll fix it, I'll draft uh, Justin Fields, and then Iberflus comes in and says, well, I didn't draft Justin Fields, but I can make him work in my system. I think we've seen that Fields can work in the system. I think having a DJ Moore, uh, someone that neither Trubisky nor um, Fields in his early days had, I think that's certainly helped. I don't trust the front office to do this the right way, to answer your question. However, I think the opponent this week factors into this a lot more than we're we're giving it credit. I think the fact that this is a rivalry game, one of very few in the NFL. There are some teams who contrive it, uh, some some you know conferences, some divisions who contrive it, but I think there are only a handful. I think Pat's Jets is one. I think Saints-Falcons is probably the most bitter. Uh, you, you know, Cowboys and Commanders has fallen off, uh, but this one still matters. And I think if Fields does what he did last week and that went over the Falcons, if he does it this week, I, I don't think an extension is off the table.
1: I find that ridiculous, and not not the point you're making. The fact that that point could be true. Yeah, that could it be true. is. We're saying that it's going to come down to this game. We have seen Justin Fields in 39 games. He's made 37 starts. We've got a world of statistical analysis, a world of tape. Some of it is very unfair to him because he's behind a bad offensive line early in his career with no weapons. And then there's the stuff that's more recent, more successful because he's had a better supporting cast. But the idea that this game will determine it. You go out there and you look good against the Packers and you're the guy or you go out there and you stumble against the Packers in week 18 of year three and we're moving on. That is an indictment of the organization to be in that situation. You got a big body of work here. One game does not an evaluation make, especially this game. (laughs) No, it doesn't. It's crazy to me, but you're not the only person who suggested that. Like It's crazy to me that that's where they could be. Their process is so flawed. And then it comes down to this. Is it a package deal? If Fields is back, is Eberflus back? And vice versa. If Eberflus is back, is Fields back? Or do you risk doing the same boneheaded thing you've done for the better part of a decade, which is change one but not the other? So the guy – so, for example, keep Fields, get rid of Eberflus, and then give the new head coach a quarterback he might not want?
2: I I think you have more confidence if you're a Bears fan in Eberflus than you do in in Fields. Wow, really? Because what's coincided with this Fields ascension is that the Bears are playing a top-six defense. Like, the Bears have – defensively turned into one of the best units in football. And Fields doesn't deserve credit for that. Iberflus does. The D.C. deserves that credit. So I don't think like there's a, a total point. lack of competence in Chicago. Far far from it. I think defensively they're as good as they've been uh since the Jim Miller year. Uh, so, uh <laughs> and that and yeah, that includes that includes uh, you know, sexy Rexy and, and dragging that team to the Super Bowl. The like, Grossman era. Yeah, the
1: Grossman era. Just the most remarkable <laughs> Super Bowl run of all like you talk people talk Brad Johnson and Trent Dilfer because they won. Like you yeah. watch Grossman make his way to the everyone was like, This is the greatest defense of all time.
2: It was dealing. Rex Grossman was dealing back in the day. Throw into... But was was Martellus Bennett on that team? Hey,
1: Devin Hester was one of their wide Hester, receivers. Yes, he was. Hester yes. was a wide receiver, and he's a Hall of Fame return man.
2: Starred. My kids know that. My kids know that Devin Hester was nice as a kick returner. Um, there's
1: there's a yeah. whole like YouTube. Ask r- Mike Shanahan. Anyone remember that game <laughs> when he kicked to him twice at the end of the game, and Hester took both of them back to beat the Broncos? That game was incredible. I only re- that's a gambler's memory right there. Gambler's memory because there's like there's no way the Bears come back to win this, and they're like he's kicking the Hester. Hester returns it for a touchdown, and then they did it again a few minutes later in the All right. game. Fields is
2: 0-5 against the Packers. Matt Eberflus is 0-3 against the Packers. Oh my God. The Bears have lost 9 straight to the Packers. They've lost 14 of 15. That's what I mean by this rivalry is still significant, very some, very much so. They could ruin the Packers' postseason pursuits while also inspiring confidence in the tandem and keeping the the, the core together of Eberflus and, and Justin Fields and DJ Moore to be honest. So uh, I I I think you build capital with you but by trading down. You obviously get a
1: number one pick for trading your number one pick. Maybe you get two. Are you trading to the AFC for that pick? Are you like ruling out the NFC in the Caleb Williams? Ideally, ideally, yes. Like you can't possibly let that guy in the conference, oh right? Oh god. Like, if he's generational and you leave him in the conference and he just goes on to lead some team to success, like, year after year after year, and, like, that's the obstacle in the NFC, it's like, what the hell are you doing?
2: Okay, keep in mind, you mentioned package deal, and I want to put this out there for Caleb Williams and any team and any fan base who might be excited about drafting him, what I have heard out of SC is Caleb Williams is a package deal with Cliff Kingsbury. Not that Cliff Kingsbury comes in and becomes... As a head coach? Not a head coach. Definitively so. I have to say that with an exclamation point. But Cliff Kingsbury has done a lot of great work with Caleb Williams yes, yes. on an individual level in his post-Arizona Cardinals coaching career. And I believe his entree back to the NFL will be on the strength of Caleb Williams and where he's drafted. Very he
1: interesting. So he is back from Thailand after all, because he went on that vacation and... And got his, got his mind right. Yeah, got away from he, Arizona. I mean, he, he leaked that to the press. Like, I'm just going to Thailand, one-way ticket. That was. I was like, that's an all-time flex right if there. Got
2: the money to do it, why not? I'd like a not? one-way ticket
1: to Thailand. Yeah, but probably, you know... It wouldn't be the same version as his version, but that, that's what we're doing. We'd
2: check in. We'd bring a TVU. We'd yeah, <laughs> go over there. TV. TVU. Yeah, yeah. Pizza money. What time money? is it? I'm
1: on with yeah. Randy and Gary yeah. to talk about what. <laughs> Carla vs. Joe presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. The Bears, not the only ones, facing a major decision this off season. That's coming up next. ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Have you along for the ride with us today. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio presented by our friends at Progressive Insurance. He's Randy Scott. I'm Joe Fortenball. The College Football National Championship. I can't wait. Four days away. Houston, Texas. Monday, January 8th. 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and ESPN Radio. But we here at ESPN Radio, we launched the pregame at 6.30 p.m. So we've got you covered get everything you need to get done and buckle in for what's probably about nine hours of coverage. Cause that game ain't going to be a short one. That no, game feels not. like we're going to have, we're really going to, we're going to go through it all with that yeah. game.
2: That, that UW uh, sugar bowl game. What second half kicked off like 11 Eastern time, 11 PM Eastern. It's going to be a late night, but it's going to be worth it. I think yeah. it's going to be, uh, it's going to be another close game. Wouldn't be surprised if it comes down to the last possession, just like uh, both games. I used the playoff. to
1: love that as a kid. Uh, the, National championship in football and basketball would go way too late. Yeah. Parents would think I'm asleep. I had a little like, like one of those cube TVs, like you know, like now they're flat screens. Yeah. This was the one that went all the way back. It was, oh yeah, 500 yeah. pounds for 13 inches, yeah, terrible, yeah, yeah. all that. And I'd be in there. I would. Put t shirts down at the crack at the bottom of the door so they couldn't see the light coming there through. You go. So I could Veteran stay move. up and watch like Eric Montross and Wednesday. Or whoever beat the they fat think. Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the things that stands out. All right, your boys, the Las Vegas Raiders. Let's go. Lots to get to. Still fighting late in the season. Aiden O'Connell at quarterback. Uh very interesting decisions they need to make. Antonio Pierce has stepped in as the interim for Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. Teams played well. They have responded well. I mean, you can't expect a whole lot more given what they looked like at the beginning of the season. So now the question is going to turn to what Mark Davis will do in the offseason. Do you give Antonio Pierce the job? Do you take away the interim tag? Or do you do what you did a couple years ago, like with Rich Passaccia, who was really good as an interim? You didn't give him the job you won with Josh McDaniels. Let's go to Devontae Adams, Las Vegas Waiters wide receiver on what he thinks should happen.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's obviously who I wanted. that's that's my vote and I've I've been vocal about that and that's um you know that's that's basically how the whole locker room feels and you know with good reason. I mean he's come in and done done a great job and you know he's continued to, to win us over. It's not just the, the comfortable thing. I think um having A P here will will be uh you know it'll be good for this this organization. He's he kind of embodies what it means to be a Raider and that mentality, that swag and you know, all the things that he endorses is is the things that I believe in. So um it's easy for a guy like me, especially having dealt with him a little bit this year now and gotten to know him and see his evolution, you know, in front of the team and, you know, all those things, all the, all the different fields of, of being a head coach. So definitely, definitely um, rooting for him.
1: That's Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. Raiders head coach, giving the endorsement to Antonio Pierce. Equally as successful and rich, Evan Cohen of The Morning Show here <laughs> came out and had this to say about Mark Davis and whether or not he should be listening to the players when it comes to this decision. If I'm Mark Davis and I own that team, the player's input is meaningless to me. I have to be honest. You were not successful this year. You weren't
2: successful for Josh McDaniels, and you weren't that successful for Antonio Pierce. You were just more successful for Antonio Pierce than you were for Josh McDaniels. So, like, I if I'm going to make that decision, it can't be because the players want him. They're a losing team. They were not a winning team. This
1: idea when players are out there campaigning for the interim coach, in many ways it's because he, the, the interim coach is not the previous coach. And it's more of an anti
2: than a pro. In this case, I absolutely think they want this guy. They absolutely want this guy. Mark Davis should make the decision that Antonio Pierce is the guy, but not because Devontae Adams told me that.
1: Interesting. You're the resident Raider fan around these parts, Randy Scott. What yeah. do you think about the situation?
2: I think I think it's Antonio Pierce's job, and I think Rich Bisaccia is why. Um, a couple seasons ago, they made the move uh, away from John Gruden. They had to uh, during the regular season. Bisaccia steps in and galvanizes that locker room, leads them to their first playoff berth since. 2016 uh brandon staley had a little something to do with that on the season finale you remember that uh <laughs> what a game uh, that, that was. overtime game was, it was amazing but they rallied around bisaccia and they had the candidate they had the guy in house and they went away from it uh they went you know big name hunting that is a davis family hallmark uh that is one of the very few ways that mark is like al in my opinion um and and it and it backfired spectacularly and that has more to do with Josh McDaniels than it does necessarily with the man that he replaced but they just so very recently went through this very thing and it went so spectacularly horribly um that it drove away talent it drove away Darren Waller drove away Derek Carr like it just Some questions that could have been answered this season, um, some talent is playing in different uniforms because of that decision. So don't drive away more talent. I was fascinated listening to that Devontae Adams sound. That was the first I'd heard it. That, to me, sounded like a guy who's very much on the fence about his own Raiders future. So in a way, you do have to re-recruit the talent that you have on your roster. And that talent is telling you what it would take to keep them. And that's keep Antonio Pierce. So... I would, you know, the, the cautionary tale is Freddie Kitchens there in in Cleveland, right? Kitchens was the interim tag, and hey, it's a guy's guy, a player's coach. They love him, they want to keep him around, and they flamed out horribly in his first year as the man. So I, I I get what the cautionary tale is, but for this franchise, having just gone through it, take the less expensive option as well. Like do the smart business thing in addition to what your talent's telling you, what your people you know are telling you, and and stick with AP. He's the guy.
1: Here's a question. Do do we have any examples offhand of interims that turned out to be really good or are currently active in the NFL? Does anything NFL, come to mind?
2: NFL's hard. Dabo Sweeney comes to mind on a college on a college level. But, oh, thank you. But, Does anyone have a hockey <laughs> example, for example, that, that we might be able to use? Uh, perhaps a uh-huh. hockey
1: example. Maybe something in Indian Highli. NFL something
2: along those? NFL example. Like
1: ah, nothing that's a comes great question, to mind, man. but we're all being put on the spot. Like, you look around the league right now. These guys were hired at the start of the season, and that's that. Like, who, who was an interim that earned it and then stuck with it? Like, Todd Bowles took over for Arians. I'm just going through some of these divisions. I, I, nothing comes to mind. We're probably missing a very obvious one. There's probably some guy driving right now that is like, this idiotic show is missing, insert Bill Walsh, which not Bill Walsh, but still. Bill Jeff Walsh. Fisher. Jeff Fisher
2: was an interim. With the Oilers. With the Oilers, Jeff Fisher with the Oilers. So we got a in. recent one.
1: We got a post Roger Stahl.: But he went two and
2: fourteen. He went two and fourteen in a year. So they were already. Fisher went one and five when he came in in '94.
3: Jason Garrett with the Cowboys replaced Wade Phillips. He did pretty well for a number of years. He did pretty yeah. well. Yeah, you got to give him credit. I know some people. Oh, Garrett and Garrett. Garrett was okay. Wayne yeah. Fonts.
2: Wayne Fonts with the Lions came in as an interim coach. Took him. Jeez, the, took him got, to the playoffs four times. Got
1: anything this
3: century? Where, anything where, this century? Are you looking this up in an almanac? I'm on he's Google. Got some, I'm on he's Google. I'm like well. Jerry
2: Glanville with Jerry Glanville with the Houston Oilers. You got a Bleacher Report top 25 over there? What Aaron, do you got? Aaron what are you working Kromer? with? Fromer? I got I got I do I I probably <laughs> should yardbarker.com. Yard Barker, I'm on yardbarker.com. Yeah, okay. Oh, how about I don't know. Is is Christine still around? How about Marv Levy? Anybody heard Leslie of Marv, Frazier? Anybody heard of Marv Levy? Leslie is that Frazier? That really like a successful. Leslie Frazier story? where when in, in Minnesota? Minnesota I think.
1: He was okay there. They had a decent run. They had some decent years under less. Marty thing,
2: Schottenheimer with the Browns.
1: Good God, we don't have anything from this century. I Les mean, none Frazier, of I know, good. is this century. Bisacci is
2: Bisacci is the only interim coach from this decade. Yeah, but who got <laughs> from the from this century to take his team to the playoffs in the year that he was the interim head coach? But I'm saying He's like the only an one. interim
1: that got the job and then went on to be a good head coach. We don't even need great. Wait, we don't have okay. anybody.
2: I, Dan Campbell was an interim with the Dolphins and went on to be a good head coach. He's just with a different team.
1: I don't know. I don't think Antonio Pierce should get it based on this. This alone. Look,
2: we're judging against other teams, though, Someone needs to break the mold, am I right? Antonio Pierce is the guy. The player input matters. So I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying Evan Cohen's wrong by he saying does? that the player
1: input doesn't matter. He's got the pulse of the locker room, which is extremely important. you got to yeah. have the respect to these guys. Respect you got to understand the, the current guys. Randy Scott, always a pleasure, my friend. This is fun, buddy. I'm Joe Formball. Carlin versus Joe. Big boy's back tomorrow. Set the bar low. That's what I would say. Set the bar
0: <laughs> low. Thanks for listening to the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin vs. Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin vs. Joe podcast. Robert Half Research
1: indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring.